You haven't even paid me from last time. I haven't watched Halo either. I'm going to summarize Halo Season 2 based on the Watching Now Halo podcast from Couch Soup. This is going to be fun. So Chief could be crazy. <laughs> Cortana's had a facelift. We're a bit mixed. Quan and Soren's story is really boring. Is, is it over yet? Reach is f***ed. Reach for the stars. You all are gonna die. Spartans have a new leader called Ackerson. More like Dickerson. Apparently McKee is alive? She didn't die on screen, so she's probably not dead. Key's definitely not dying. Right, right, right. And the flood is coming. Is the water on this planet? What do I know? You should be listening to the Watching Now Halo podcast everywhere. Podcasts are available. Where's my money, Drew? Are you ready to go down the rabbit hole? The All Things Alice podcast will explore the cultural phenomena of Alice in Wonderland. Frank Bedore, the author of the Looking Glass Wars trilogy, is your host through a wonderverse of interviews from all types of creators as they chronicle the dark yet empowering reality of Lewis Carroll's fantasies and answer the question, what is it about Alice that captivates us still today? The All Things Alice podcast, available wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, gamers? This is Screen Smash, Couch Soup's video game podcast, where we talk about all things in and around the world of video game gaming, video games. I am your host, Dan Morris. Smashing your screen this week, we have Nick McKay. Hello. Louis Reza. Hail to the king, baby. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Louis. And joining us this week, special guest, we have editor-in-chief for Debug Magazine, Andrew Dixon. Hello, Andrew. Hello. Good to be here. Nice to see you all. Thank you for joining us so much this week, Andrew. We got a lot to get into tonight with you and why you're going to be here telling us all about Debug Magazine as well as the Indie Game Awards that you guys are hosting this week. Uh, Before we do that, I want to just shout out to all of our viewers, listeners, everyone out there. If you like playing video games, be sure to press that button on your screen, you know, because it's pressing buttons. That's what you do when you play video games. Let us know what you think. Give us a like, leave a comment or leave us some emojis that make shiny sounds or Pokemon sounds because engagement. We want to know what you guys are liking and tell us more. Everything. All of it. Okay. With that out of the way, let's move on to Andrew. Sir, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, tell us about Debug Magazine, which is a indie game focused magazine that champions independently developed games and developers. That is correct. Yeah. Uh, so I started with the team uh, kind of end of last year. I took over from their previous editor, who is Dean Mortlock, who is quite um, uh, people. People in the UK would know him. He used to uh, edit and write for uh, magazines back in the 90s. Uh, and he helped set up Debug originally with Daniel from um, a company called Wave Game Studios, who mm. currently publish Dreamcast games um for for the actual dreamcast that has been dead quote unquote for the last 20 odd years <laughs> but he, they they published modern games for the dreamcast um and he decided that daniel decided he wanted to set up a uh, a new magazine that kind of championed indie games because that's kind of the uh, the area that he is in um and kind of debug was born out of that and uh, yeah i took over from that i've i've come from a background of uh, i was the editor in chief of lock on uh, gaming journal uh for uh, for five issues um and i've worked on a bunch of things like a book called handheld history i've written a couple of books myself about the dreamcast so yeah i've come from a background of uh doing a lot of uh kind of magazine and, and books book work all around video games over the past five or six years and uh yeah debug is kind of the natural evolution um getting into kind of talking about indie games and uh yeah doing a proper magazine um which is uh <laughs> which is a rarity these days, magazines, physical magazines are kind of dying out, but the indie magazines are kind of coming back with a vengeance. Mm. So, Yeah, I can definitely uh, shout out that as well, because I myself am also working with a couple of indie magazines too and writing yes. for pieces like that with uh, Reload and the upcoming now Fearzine, both independent uh, magazines as well as focus on indie games as well. Um, what's the best way for people to get Debug if they wanted to support Debug? 
Sure. Uh, the best way would be to go to our website, which is teamdebug.com. And you can buy it digitally there if you'd like to. And we also, we're physical too. So you can buy physical copies and we ship all over the world. So wherever you are, you can buy a physical copy and get it delivered to you. Um, but if you prefer digital, if you're not a physical kind of person, then you can read it digitally too. So, yeah. Very cool. I know for me, I like the uh, the old school retro feel of a physical magazine. Like it brings me back yeah. to when I was a kid grabbing up every magazine yeah. I could get off the counter and read about games, you know, especially when the internet wasn't as big of a deal. Old people mm -hmm. problems, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually really do miss that as well. I, I, I've always had a good time. Um, like, I know it's a nerd in me, but it's kind of like, dude, check this out, bro. Like, like, like bring it to work or whatever. Well, not work before it was high school. But um, I, I, I miss it. I, I miss that that physical edge of being able to like take out a poster and then put it up on your wall. And it's like, look how many magazines I get. I don't know. I, th I think it's cool. So when I when I hear it, there's that that absolutely a form of nostalgia. But it's also kind of like an exciting. What are you bringing to the table? What what like um, what is it that I can go and show my friends about? So it, I don't know. It's kind of like a record collection rather mm -hmm. than a. CD yeah. collection. It's just like, uh, it just feels vintage. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually a thing too now of collecting like old magazines. And like, I used to have a massive collection of old magazines and I'm like salty that I don't still have a lot of them for one reason or another <laughs> over the years. I still have my Game Informer, which announced uh, um, Legend of Zelda Ocarina. Mm. I still nice. have that. I, I, I don't know where it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's somewhere. I don't know if it's at my house or if it's at my parents' house, but I got that bitch somewhere. So you know, I'll, I'll look for that, and next time I'll come up and be like, oh. "Yeah." There's a call so like the old school magazines used to come with like demo discs too. So like that was the mm -hmm. other big thing to get mm -hmm. all the demo discs. Yeah, it was that there was all kinds of posters inside as well. I used to love getting magazines for the posters. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I've seen some people do some like do like some really cool stuff where they'll build like uh, like shelf units out of the magazines. <laughs> and I wanted to do that for a while. Like you can get them hardened so that like, it, like you can actually just pick it up and move it somewhere. And that way it's like a stackable little table that you can put like your screen on top of or something like that. I just think it'd be cool to have like, you know, 50 game informers, like like classics that you can, you know, I, I don't know. It's a, there's cool ideas, you know, go on Etsy <laughs> or whatever it's called. <laughs> I wouldn't want to not be able to read them though. Right. Like if, yeah. you, if you kind of start them up, you wouldn't be able to open them anymore. Like, I have like like at your own risk. Um, I've got a bunch of old magazines. Like I collect a whole bunch. Like in the UK, it, the big one is Edge Magazine, mm. which I don't know if you've heard of, but mm. that's like the big gaming magazine over here. And uh, I've got like a bunch of old copies of that, and uh, and the official like Dreamcast I, magazine mm. as well. But yeah, I think it's actually pretty interesting too the Dreamcast aspect that there's this resurgence of Dreamcast, and like there's someone else I've met through Reload who's a big Dreamcast person, and even my local uh, game shop sells the new. Dreamcast games that are Dreamcast games that are playable on a Dreamcast. Mm. Like, that's just weird, but awesome at the same time. Yeah, yeah it's pretty cool. <laughs> All right, so uh, moving us along, we'll get into actually uh, give, give us a little bit more deep dive into what's uh, the event that's coming up that includes Debug U as well as the Indie Game Awards. But we'll get to the Indie Game Awards. So let's tell us a little sure. bit more about uh, the magazine as well as Debug U and how they tie together. So I guess the whole point of the magazine really is to uh, it's, it's at the moment the press, uh, gaming press, be that physical magazines and or online, whatever. They don't have as much time for indie games as they do for AAA. Um, you know they'll cover them and stuff, but you know they they never get as much uh, love as as kind of the AAA stuff gets. You know you'll you'll see tons of of stuff about Elden Ring and and Death Stranding, but you'll see very little about some of the smaller indie games that kind of deserve to have you know, more said about them. So the magazine is is first and foremost all about those games. And we cover things from student games and solo devs all the way up to the bigger develop the bigger developers that are kind of working with people like Annapurna and stuff like that. Um and each issue we cover like probably well over a hundred different indie titles from different people. Um, so we want to cover that and we want to also talk to the developers and find out kind of their process, what they're doing, any kind of uh, tips and tricks they have for other fellow developers, because we have a lot of developers who read the magazine too, um, and people who are wanting to get into the development industry, into kind of game development. Um, 
So the whole thing really is is about it's about um, indie games, the people who make them and the people who love them, I suppose. And so the reason that we then decided to do this event, which is Debug U, which is on February the 2nd, um, it's this uh, it's this education focused event. So Debug U, uh, like university, like the iTunes U that they used to have that they kind of I don't think they got rid of that a few years ago. Um but it's a place, it's it's at a university in the UK, uh, Nottingham Trent University, one of their awesome kind of venues that they have. And the whole point is it's like a place that you can go and experience indie games um, from a variety of people, again, from students all the way up to bigger people. So we've got like student games there. Um, we have uh, C Smash VRS, which is kind of uh, an indie game, but it's kind of on the PSVR too. Mm. Um, and then we have everything in between that. So all sorts of games <clears throat> that you can play. And we also have talks um, from kind of veterans from the industry. We have somebody from Bullfrog, the people who made Theme Hospital and things like that, who, who's going to be there talking about uh, his time in the industry. We have, I can't remember his name, but we have somebody who worked with EA and made a bunch of games with EA and a bunch of other developers as well. Um, so it's kind of like, yeah, it's education focused. It's a place for these devs to come and get feedback for the games they've made. Uh, it's a place to kind of network with different people and just to kind of, uh, just to kind of hang out and, and kind of take in a lot of, uh, indie gaming goodness, I guess. So, yeah. So it's, it's an actual like physical event, right? Like people are yes. physically going to be here at this location and being yeah. amongst themselves kind of like a little bit of like a old school like indie game developer but conference <clears throat> like a little baby e3 exactly. <laughs> kind of thing yeah, yeah. Well, e3 <laughs> used to be way back in the day yeah yeah it's, it's kind of like that and um yeah it's it's just nice to have that i think because so often these developers work especially after the pandemic so off, so they just work on their own and they don't see anybody and they're not getting feedback mm. or if they are it's from a, a specific group of people um and this kind of brings a lot more people we've got people from like the publishing arm of the games industry from pr from you know other other fellow devs journalists mm. so they're getting all these people coming in and kind of seeing their work um which is great for them and i think the other way around as well it's great for the people coming because they get to see a bunch of new games that they've never seen before stuff that maybe they wouldn't have even thought to, to look at we've got a great game called phoenix springs which looks fantastic uh just a, a whole range of different stuff and the fact that there are talks and, and q a's and stuff like that kind of gives it um there's just lots to do basically over the course of the of the day there'll be a lot to do a lot to, a lot of people to speak to and there's a bar um which is you know, all you can kind of ask for for that kind of event um and we are recording all of the talks and the q's and a's as well so they'll be available on the the debug U website at a later date so even if you even if you physically couldn't come because you you're not in the uk then you'll be able to see those talks and q and a's later um nice. even though you couldn't come you had me at bar <laughs> <laughs> most people say that yeah i think that's where i'll be hanging out most of the time to be perfectly honest <laughs> this is tea <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awesome <laughs> this is the first time you're doing it right yes it's the first time um they, they were already planning it before i started um so it's daniel who's kind of the founder of debug and then alex hunt who's also known as um the sega guru on youtube um they're kind of they started this off together so they kind of it's their thing more than mine uh, my thing is the other thing we're going to be talking about which is the the game awards but mm -hmm. um yeah this was their idea and i'm like fully on board with it because i you know i believe that we should be having a lot more of these kind of events and we do want to do more of them going forward um so you know different universities across the country and maybe even in different countries when we can if we can do that um i was in like i was in bilbao in spain at the end of last year um for a conference there and it'd be great to have like spread um some, something like debug you around to different places uh mm. just to give like indie developers uh, a place to get that feedback to you know to be able to talk to other people for students to gather and all that kind of stuff as well as well as for gamers to come and just discover amazing cool new indie games so how long how long has it taken to put the whole event together from like the beginning yeah of planning it i think it's been um they were doing it before i started so i think they they were doing it for a good five to six months before i started so at this point it's Jeez. been roughly nine to ten months so they've been going at it for quite a while getting the venue sorted and yeah. um, you know getting developers uh, involved and all that kind of thing um uh, yeah from from conception of the idea all the way up to where we are now which is like literally days away from it at this point mm -hmm. we're recording um yeah it's taken probably like around nine months i'd say 
Jeez. Yeah. As someone who's really close to like the indie game side of things, and it's something I'm just I'm personally fascinated by game development in general, even though I know very little about it myself. I've done a little bit of game dev in college before. It's something I've been looking at again myself, but like I would be so interested in actually attending something like this if given the opportunity, like if it starts to spread and you can start doing like global events in different mm-hmm. parts of the world. And I'm, I can only imagine how useful of a resource this would be for the actual developers, being able to, like you said, the feedback. I understand how important feedback is. Something here that even just doing podcasting and doing shows, producing content, it's something that's like invaluable just to get proper feedback on stuff and constantly asking yeah. for feedback all the time. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's absolutely. very cool. I think that's a, a very, a, a very much needed thing, especially like you said, in the market now in the industry, like yeah. we need to help the smaller indie devs as much as possible, not to go too hard on it, but especially with how volatile, like the triple A space is. Yeah, uh, like <laughs> I don't want to go yeah. too down that rabbit hole, but yeah, it's not it's not something <laughs> yeah. too happy to discuss. <laughs> no, it's not great right now. It's uh, yeah, it's it's been. I mean, we thought last year was terrible, and then the last couple of weeks have been like even worse in terms of <laughs> kind of job losses and stuff. So yeah, it's uh, obviously it's great. We need to support those people too. Um, but it's uh, yeah, in terms of indie devs as well. I mean, indie devs have always had a tough time because just they don't get the same kind of i mean even if you go to say something like steam um and steam doesn't often give indie devs the same kind of um uh reach as a triple a would get so it's a lot lot harder for an indie game to get a following to get people to know they even exist um and then to you know to to you know we, we look at all these games that we're covering and you go to steam and you can very easily check steam sales and you know how much they've made how many people have bought it and sometimes they're in the hundreds, uh, which is not very many for mm. some of these games, which are incredible and have had so much time and effort put into them. And only hundreds of people have bought and seen these games. Um, and yet the full power of Steam goes towards these AAAs who already have huge marketing budgets um, and mm. can get, you know, like they could get the kind of hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people to buy their game without Steam. So it's, uh, I mean, yeah, this is why we do what we do, because we want to give people that platform that maybe other places just don't give indie devs yeah discoverability is just the ultimate hardship for any smaller studio and or solo devs or anyone in that field like there's there's always a a pretty good like like they they, they try i guess you could say when they have like you know like the the indie um big thing where they start putting them all at the front but at the same time like they kind of just go here here you go we did it. Yeah, mm. <laughs> it's very band. It feels very band aid to me, and so like mm. I, I prefer like you know how how what you're exactly what you're doing. What we what we are trying to do as well, where we try to give it a little more oomph, just just a little <laughs> insider because man, yeah, it's so interesting to see these games that are on par with with you know with triple A's that are developed by like twelve people when mm-hmm. uh, like. You know, when you see the credits of a triple A, you can sit there for 20 minutes. And I'm like, yeah. dude, like, how are how are you not all entertained? Like, how is not everybody? <laughs> do, even if the game sucks, sometimes it's kind of like, you know what? There was four guys made this and not not one of them was from the same country. So none of them speak the same language. And somehow mm. they pulled this off. How are you not like at least just look at it, man? Like, and and then um, I think that a lot of the time also is that people don't really get that part that it's just uh, uh, uh they, they see the, the the game is it is it something i want is it not whatever as opposed to giving a little uh, a little extra um try this if you like this yes. but instead we're always getting try this if you like this because this is also a triple a I want mm-hmm. to see more of these games get attached to those things. I want to see those. I want to see more of those mm-hmm. people start to get a lot of those credits because that's where they come from. And yeah. if the developers, you know, these these big AAA places, we're we're not talking about it. But if they do want to get the best of the best, look at the people who are putting together stuff with nothing. Tony Stark did this in a cave. <laughs> <laughs> you can find them. There are 20 other guys in caves that have no idea what they're doing and they made this beautiful stuff. Listen to them. Go, go man. <laughs> we promise you they're there. We promise you they're there. So yeah. I don't know. That's my spiel. 
like the whole thing about like if you like this then you should go play this that's something that we do in the magazine as well it's like we do reviews on games and we're like you know if you like this game then maybe you enjoy this so we're kind of pointing people in the direction of other indie games that they might like to you know okay here's a game about um you know uh with solid characters and stuff like this and if you like character driven narratives and maybe try like firewatch or you know stuff like that so you know we're always pointing people in the direction of other things that maybe maybe they already know of or maybe they don't or things that have passed them by it's like we also while we try and do things that are like coming out now and coming out in the future we do also like to point backwards to things too like we have these in case you missed it pages Mm. where we'll just kind of highlight a particular game like this time we did something like uh, season letter to the future which came out at the beginning of 2023 and very quickly just like went off people's radars um and that's that's an example of a big indie because like sony promoted that and it was like a big playstation game but it was an indie game it was created by an indie studio and um, they just happened to have some of sony's money behind them which is great um but it just didn't get the love that it deserves so it's like we want to try and get people to go back to these older indie games too not just the new ones but the older ones that maybe didn't get quite as much love as they as they deserved um and we even have like a category in the awards for that too so yeah i mean do you think in in terms of discoverability for indie games do you think it's it's kind of useful to put them on like the the subscription services like game pass and playstation plus because i know i've played quite a few more indie games recently since getting my ps5 and getting uh the game catalog through ps plus Mm. because there's a lot of cool indie games you can pick out but I mean, I, I feel like they're not as marketed, you know, as, as they could be, um, you know, it's always yeah. the big AAA games that are coming out. So do you think that should be a push for, for these subscription services to say, here's some indie titles and just put some, some love into that? Yeah, I think, um, I think absolutely. I mean, interestingly, like Xbox and PlayStation both have like indie wings, as it were, like you've got uh, Shu from PlayStation, who's like all about indie, and he's always pushing indie forward. And there are a bunch of those games, like you say, on um, PlayStation Plus, and then Xbox has idea Xbox. Um, So they're kind of trying there and uh, at least a a lot more than other people are. But yeah, those services Mm. are great for that. Because, you know, these are, this is a way for people to get to play games they don't have to spend a bunch of money to play a game that maybe they don't gel with, they don't get on with and they get to try it and go, okay, this is great. I think it has to be coupled with something like, okay, well, um, if you like this game, then here buy the full version or here's a place where you can buy a physical collector's edition because the one thing about that is while it's great for discoverability because it gets people to play the games that they wouldn't have even not not even thought to play before because it's free and you know, it's part of their subscription. the developers don't get that much from it you know it's like the spotify Mm. model right where they get like a a certain percentage um you know it's like clicks essentially you know that however much their game gets played they get paid um and they can't live off that realistically like Mm. that's not going to pay the bills so there needs to be other ways as well so once people have discovered them then it's like well okay then there needs to be like ways for people to buy that um you know either digitally or physically and support that game um beyond just the subscription model um so there needs to be ways to i guess to look at that and see how can you push people towards supporting these developers more and and what that looks like i suppose yeah Yeah. definitely a caveat there where you know people are like oh yeah i've played it i'm good but yeah i've had that before where i play a game i'm like man this is just so good i want to support this development team and i'll still buy the game even if i was able to play it with like xbox game pass or playstation's yeah. um premium plus services that they offer now and all i could keep thinking about now is how i miss the old days in the original like xbox 360 summer of arcades love the summer of arcade and it did mm-hmm. so many great things to highlight these games like it was I'm trying to remember exactly how it broke down, but each summer they would do, I think it was three to f- or four to five weeks of games. Each week they would highlight a new game and it was like, here's the spotlight of this game for this week. And they would do a deal kind of thing where it's like, if you buy three, you save five bucks. If you buy four, you save seven bucks. If you buy all five games, you save 10 bucks or something. So you get, you could do a package deal. And a lot of times I would buy the whole mm-hmm. bundle and save that extra 10 bucks and then play these games, you know, we're talking about games now who have massive recognition like Limbo. Everybody knows Limbo. Mm -hmm. Limbo wasn't a thing once upon a time. It was a summer of arcade game that I played because it was part of the summer of arcade bundle. And I was like, oh my God, I love this game. And like, I'm always looking forward to the next game from that studio or that creator 
who then went on to do Inside and now Cocoon. And Cocoon's one of the most highly praised games in that space. Like, yeah, there, there's always a starting point to try to really Absolutely. do yeah. that. Yeah. And I was, I was actually going to talk about that too. That like, <laughs> I, like we're talking about if you like, then you'll like. And then there's some games that are like, I, <laughs> there's nothing like it like you know but i think that those are so so good that they stand aloud they, they stand alone they stand alone so strongly that that there's no other thing that you can do other than uh take notice you know talking mm-hmm. about games like humanity uh thomas was alone um man like, uh what's the one with the, with the oh my god i'm forgetting the, the girl that you like it's really hard celeste celeste mm-hmm. you know like, like there's these games that they are their own thing yeah there have been elements from other games it's a it's a puzzle game it's a this game it's a that game but man like like there there are so there's so much art to this there's so much that could be done there's so much that could be pulled apart and it, it, it gets annoying and it gets really frustrating when it, it's kind of like how people talk about there's no such thing as good music anymore. Like, just look for mm. it. Go out, look for it. It's still there, but you have to look for it. And the frustrating part is that that's not what the zeitgeist is. That's not what they want to you know, put in the, at the forefront because that's not what makes the money. It, it may get attention, but it's not what's making the money. And I'm just kind of like, who cares about the money? If you are getting the attention, the money's going to come. And so, you know, like, like we, we had people here on, on this show telling us that if you're getting into into Game Pass, it actually helps out because even though they're not buying the game, you're getting paid for having it on the Game Pass. So yeah. that would help a lot of the indie developers out there. It would not hurt it. And those kinds of things, I think, are like, you know, these these giant companies, they can do those things. Why, why they do, why they don't, left to be determined, I guess. But, you know, these are the voices of the people that are that are being loud and we want you to bring these people to the forefront there's a reason for it so you know everybody get your yeah. pick up your pickaxes <laughs> and uh let's, yeah, let's let's go storm the castle come on let's go oh, it's about exactly to like um music wise like thinking of music like indie games are exactly like that. i like that because you, you know if you find an artist that you really love you're like oh i really you know i've discovered this artist and you'll listen to them on streaming services because that's just what we do now you know apple music spotify whatever you'll listen to them on that but if you really love them you'll go buy the vinyl you'll go watch them in concert you know you'll buy a t-shirt that kind of stuff you know if you really love them and that's that's almost what we need to do with indies like yeah li- what uh, like use streaming services use like you know gaming platforms like xbox live and stuff but if you really love them go and support them some of the way just like you would a musician and that's exactly what mm. we need to be like telling people to do at this point to support their the indie games and the indie studios that they really love to be honest a lot of people do do that like there is um rain world as an example people love that game it's like it's like got a huge fan base and they do plushes and like um like all sorts of merch pizza pizza tower is the same like before that game even came out there was merch for that game and people ate it up and that guy made so much money off just merch for a game that hadn't even released yet, which is great for him. Um, but it doesn't happen for every dev. So I guess it's just, you know, we, if you love a game, you know, do what you do for a musician, go and support them like you would a band basically. So I, I recently just, uh, we were making fun of me about this last week. I just rebought uh, hi-fi rush and <laughs> um, guardians of the galaxy because God damn, those are so good. And I, 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 they're still there free on Game Pass, but I'm like, you know what? I know I need to support these people. I have to. And so I just out of pure, uh, I guess my own weird sense of justice, I am Batman. I'm going to go out (laughs) and I will buy these games from you because, oh man, that you deserve all the praise. You deserve all of the credit. They are so good, so beautiful. The same thing with Fury. I bought it three times because I'm an idiot, but (laughs) and I still haven't beat the damn game. I'm still stuck on the same freaking guy. But anyway, (laughs) you're right. You're right. (laughs) I have a tendency to double dip on games between physical and digital too, where I will buy the game both physical and digital because i like having the physical game but i also like the convenience of digital but i'm never happy with one over the other so if i have the option especially with limited run games i'm like i was just reading about how uh like xbox is one of the least used platforms for limited run because they say that they don't make enough money because they don't sell enough copies and that makes me kind of sad because xbox is my preferred platform and i constantly see games on limited run that i'm like i want this but I'd rather have it for Xbox. I still end up buying it either for Switch or PlayStation sometimes, 
but mm-hmm. it's like, man, if only it was on Xbox, because like I'd be happy to have that physical version, especially if I already own it digitally, like mm-hmm. having that physical copy on the shelf to look at and hold. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I've, I've completely changed over to to like digital purchases, um, you know, having finally having like Internet that well, sometimes works. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I actually got uh, God of War. I, was, I think I was telling Dan last week, I got God of War Ragnarok um, as a physical copy. It was the first physical copy PlayStation 5 game that I've, that I've ever got. It's the only one I have. And it's kind of crazy to think I've been playing so many games through like, you know, the game catalog and, and buying games online. Like that was literally the first physical case that I got. It's quite nuts. Hmm. Next thing we got to get into is the Game Awards. The Indie Game Awards that Debug mm-hmm. is running, which that was the first thing that jumped out to me, especially after, you know, we're, we're after award seasons, you know, the Game Awards is over, but the Game Awards, that's a whole thing. We did a whole discussion on that before. We did our own Game Awards. We did the Smashies. Uh, we had fun with that. And even still, it was like, internally we had a lot of back and forth on indie games and what indie games to talk about do we have an indie game category uh and then like what qualifies what should be what shouldn't be uh so the fact that there is a standalone indie game awards uh spoke out to me and i'm really glad that we were able to arrange this with you andrew to get you on and help support that and promote that for you guys so that is the indie game awards which will be on february 2nd or Mm -hmm. today if you're watching this episode of the screen smash podcast on youtube uh, so you can basically go and watch uh, this event later today, I believe around the same time. But it is set for 9 p.m. GMT, correct, Andrew? That's correct, yeah. Yep. And that's going to be hosted by presenter and personality Trista Bites. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. She's awesome. Uh, yeah, she's uh, she's a streamer. Um, she does a lot of work. She's a lot of retro stuff, but she's also really into indie games quite heavily. She's mm-hmm. done a lot of interviews with different um, kind of indie developers on YouTube. Um, if you follow if you follow her on YouTube, you'll see some of those. But yeah, she's she's great. She does a lot of kind of presenting work here in the UK for different events and things. And uh, yeah, we thought if uh, I've known her for a few years, um, seen her around at events and stuff, and she's just she's just fantastic. Uh, she's also also writing a column for the magazine now. Nice. Um, so it just made sense to have her come in and uh, yeah, and host for us. Yeah, very cool. Uh, so what can we expect from the Indie Game Awards themselves? So, yeah, it's obviously our first one. Um, so we're still like, I mean, we it was a weird one. So we're already doing Debug U and I came in like a few months ago and I said to Daniel, wouldn't it be great if we did uh, like an indie game awards? And he was like, yeah, sure, that would be great one day. And I was like, well, maybe we should do it like <laughs> sooner than one day where you could do it now. Um and we essentially decided we're doing this event in February. It kind of makes sense to maybe have it at the same time, do that. Um, and we were actually deciding this before any of the other events, like the, the Game Awards and the Golden Joysticks had come mm-hmm. on. We were kind of deciding to do it. And then when the Golden Joysticks and the Game Awards came on and there was all the controversy with like not that much indie representation, not letting people speak, um, all that kind of stuff. Um, all of a sudden people were kind of noticing us because we were like, oh, we're going to let people speak. Like, this is the whole point of us doing this is that we want indie devs to have a voice and, um, you know, we want to celebrate um, indie games. So that was great. Um, but because it's our first one, uh, yeah, it's going to be awesome, but it will be... Um, yeah, it'll be essentially us doing uh, going through eighteen awards. Um, we're not going to have anything. We're not going to have any advertisements, so mm. there'll be no like massive advertisement <laughs> advertisements like Good. the game awards. Um, we are sponsored uh, by by Press Engine, um, who are awesome, um, but they're not going to be like running ten minute adverts in the middle of the awards. So don't worry. Um, then we we're also not. Um, yeah, we basically we're doing all the things that other people don't do so we're just we're, the whole point of it is just to celebrate indie so we're just going to run through all of them we've got 18 categories um but we're going to run through them and give people ample time to t- talk about their games and you know stuff like that so um it'll just be a, a regular award ceremony i guess mm-hmm. yeah, yeah no no bands playing and nothing like that nothing nothing to distract from the awards themselves it is all about celebrating those indies um and the 18 different categories um 
I don't know why we did 18 categories now. It's a lot of categories. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe too many, but they all do different things. Well, you got to have a minimum four-hour awards ceremony, clearly. Uh, it's it's going to go for like two hours, I think. <laughs> four it- hours for 18 would be it'd be possible. Well, uh, we may we may need wrap-up signs then, I guess, if we want to keep it under four hours, but we're not doing that. So. No, is this going to be a, like, <laughs> a live-streamed the- event? It is live streamed, yes. Obviously, it's 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 live at uh, the um, uh, the the venue that we're we're holding debugu, but it'll be live streamed as well to YouTube and to Twitch, mm. um, so people can watch along, comment along, stuff like that. Yeah. What are the types of categories that you guys have for the awards? Um, so there's like the the ones you'd expect. So stuff like best gameplay, best art direction, best sound um, design, best soundtrack, stuff like that. So the kind of standard stuff, um, we've got game of the year, we've got a subscriber's choice for people who subscribe to the magazine. But then we also have stuff like um, the Safe in Our World Award for Mental Health. So we kind of partnered with the uh, charity Safe in Our World who help um, gamers, but also uh, game developers um, kind of with mental health related issues so you know helping devs with like burnout and anxiety and depression and also kind of advising about you know uh, gamers with the same um and they kind of always pick like amazing uh games for people to play who are going through stuff like depression or anxiety Mm -hmm. to kind of help them with that uh so Mm -hmm. you'll see on their website and on their socials quite often they will uh kind of highlight different games um, that they think are, are great for that kind of thing. So we wanted to have a category that kind of highlighted amazing games that came out in the last year that, uh, you know, either are great for helping people with uh, different um, kind of mental issues or highlight mental issues in their storytelling uh, in a way that's really positive and engaging and, and helpful. Um very cool. And then we also have, there's a charity in the UK, Manchester, called Everyone Can, uh, who are an accessibility charity, um, at making sure basically everyone can play games in various ways. So we've got the Everyone Can Award for accessibility, so games that like really uh, strive to be accessible to as many people as possible. Um, and both of those charities have chosen the winners for those categories too. So we've kind of, uh, yeah, which is great. We have like best VR, we have best new studio. We've got so many different categories, but they all kind of speak to different parts of the industry and kind of really hone in on really like important issues like accessibility yeah. and such. I was so interested in asking about that and you covered <laughs> everything. So whatever, I don't need to ask anything. But, but man, when I saw that, uh, you know, safe in our world and I'm just kind of like, okay, what is that? Because I, I work with mental health and mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it's so, so difficult, especially right yeah. now. Uh, things got kind of crazy the past couple of years. No reason why. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> you know, so so like when, when I see things like that, uh, it warms my heart to to a degree that uh, is almost burning. And I get teary eyed whenever I see that kind of stuff, because it's just like I, I know what the struggles could be. And. As, as important as it is to also bring indie developers to the forefront, I think that we also tend to forget about people uh, just in general. And we tend to forget about what people can um, are going through. And that I keep referring to video games as art form because they are art form. And I think that it's important to remember that we can use art to heal. And so yeah. there are, you know, games aren't just violence and Call of Duty. They are also uh, a, a means of looking through another kind of looking glass of, of a way of uh, getting into a world that you haven't seen before or one that you don't remember well. Uh, just going on in my VR, the first time when I got it, I went to uh, San Francisco, which this was during the pandemic, so I could not actually go. And I was going to all the streets that uh, I hadn't been to because my sister used to live there that I hadn't been to in over a decade. And I was kind of moved by just those little things. And, you know, you're surrounded by a bunch of people who are just caught in the moment. But it doesn't take away from the fact that it felt like I was there. It felt like something that I could do. It got me away from the reality of being surrounded by these four freaking walls. Uh, There's so much that could be done with it. And I'm so happy to see that there are so many people that are trying to bring that um forward and i i had to say something about it uh i i 
you, you, you touched my heart with that one. And I thank you for, for bringing that up to us. So, yeah, I mean, we, we, I mean, everybody at, at debug is like huge on mental. I mean, everybody has their struggles. It's like, it's a, it's a human, it's a human thing. It's a universal thing. Everybody struggles with mental health. Even if, even if people on the outside look like they're not, they are. So, you know, we all have something. And like you say, we put really well, like games are just a really great way to help get through that. I mean, you you talk about like the pandemic and stuff. Everybody kind of it's not it's not an indie game, but everybody kind of caught on to Animal Crossing, like totally. Like it was like the it was the game the of the moment. Yeah. And it, was, it, was, it was so cute, and you could go meet your friends, and you could do stuff, and it just took your mind away from all of that. And you know that's just one example of how a game can be helpful in a particular moment. Uh, you know, for you for you mentally. So yeah, it's, it's it's really good to be able to kind of highlight that, and we really wanted to do that. You know, we all of us at debug have our own things going on. You know, I suffered from, I, I suffer and take medication for anxiety. I I've had depression in the past. We've all had our own stuff and, um, you know, safe in our world is a great charity who really like emphasizes all of that stuff and highlights it. Um, so we wanted to make sure that we, we included that for sure. I also will piggyback to say, I, I appreciate the, the overall notion to all of this, especially because I think one of the biggest struggles that the gaming industry slash market slash mindset when it comes to the consumer is that people seem to fail to realize that video games are made by people there yep. are people behind those video games there are passionate people artists creators writers designers there are people who spent hundreds if not thousands of hours of blood sweat and tears to create this thing that you're experiencing and playing and people are just so quick to just you know and not realize yeah. you know that there are human beings behind these creations they don't make themselves Video games don't make themselves. They are made by people. And to acknowledge that as well as the mental health struggles that everyone goes through and then games that help with that too. And every game can help with that in some form or fashion. You might not think about it, but I mean, mm -hmm. what's your go-to relax game when you've had a hard day? What's your go-to game when you're angry and you want to tear some stuff apart, you know, when you want to rip and tear? You know, there's There's always something. There's always that video games allow people to disconnect or unplug in ways that people human beings couldn't 30 40 years ago mm. absolutely yeah and also bringing accessibility like you that's another you really don't think about that you mm -hmm. you you forget because you know you have two opposable thumbs and everything works for you um, we have we have friends in our community uh, with with certain forms of accessibility, and um, it, it's always wonderful to to hear their side of the equation because mm. sometimes it's uh, it's it's simpler, and sometimes it's harder. Sometimes there's a lot more. It's usually there's a lot more to it than anybody can give it uh, credit for. You know, for us, it's as simple as putting it, plugging your thing into the wall. For them, that takes you know hours sometimes. Um, mm -hmm. it, it there's there's so much to all of this, and so bringing such a universally well known form of entertainment because the only other thing is movies. <clears throat> but you know, if you can play the movie, which is the whole point of a video game, that just adds one more level. Whether you become immersed or not, that's that's relevant. Uh, it's an experience that we all want to share. And so, you know, I, I, I love seeing that's why it warms my heart. That's why I get emotional thinking about it even right now. Because, you know, I again, I work with these people. I've seen this for my entire life. I, I you know, it, they need a lot more um, not even like recognition so much as just the representation they need yeah. to be they need everybody to remember that they are part of it's this world too and that they're just as uh, they're just as um um welcome to all of this entertainment they're just as welcome to these communities they're mm -hmm. just as absolutely 100 percent involved with all of it too so you know if you're there we hear you we love you very much and come and talk to us because we we i can talk forever <laughs> and this is where i pay this is where i start playing the music to play me off 
bring our like the wrap it up sign (laughs) yeah yeah, you see this is why you need a band you you didn't think about that did you forgot our house you're gonna get a guy like me i need like a virtual like cane that comes out and like grabs you by the neck and (laughs) we we thought we'd be okay because we don't have christopher judge we don't have christopher judge coming so we thought we'd be fine louis are christopher judge so i can pontificate Yeah. Yeah. So I want to kind of bring us back around to the the award show itself. So it mm-hmm. is a live event that you guys are going to be producing live at the time, and you're actually having the developers there to accept the yeah. awards, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And well, all the developers who can get there, it's a right. global award, so anybody from around the world could kind of submit their games for the awards, uh, which means that we have people from Japan, from Australia, from uh, the US, from all all over the world. So some people are flying out, which is great. Uh, we, so we've got a, a bunch of people from Europe, from I think somebody is coming from Japan. I think some a few people are coming from America, um, but not everybody can make it. Of course, it's uh, it's it's not um, you know it's not something everybody can get to. So those that can't make it, um, if they do, and we'll kind of at least play like a little video of them accepting it. Um, but yeah, as many people as possible. We've got a lot of the devs who are kind of nominated, who are coming to be with us, uh, which is really exciting. Um, and I think that kind of it's great that we have this debug you event at the same time because i guess for a lot of people you'd just be coming for the awards for two hours and then that would be it um and f- the fact that so many people are coming from so far away um the fact that they're actually able to spend time like mm. a few hours beforehand network play other games do all this other stuff i think it's kind of cool uh, that's that's there for them too gives them a, an, another incentive to come um Makes but it yeah, worth it's, trip, uh, yeah, they're all going to be there. It's going to be live streamed. So, um, yeah, wherever you are in the world, 9 p.m. GMT. I think we've tried to make it so that's an okay time for most places in the world. So I think that's like, what, like, that'll be something like 4 p.m. Um, Eastern time. Um, I think that sounds And then great. stuff like that. So I think five hours behind in New York, I think. And then it's like eight hours in Los Angeles. So that'll be like 1 p.m. for Western. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. So I, yeah. I am not good with that. Dan always has to be like, all right, 20 <laughs> minutes, Louis. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Time zones. I thought it was in an hour. My bad. <laughs> but I'm happy to see um, just anything that's going to highlight a lot of indie games, especially like I know I. This is a, a personal problem of being like what I've been called a. Um, a gaming omnivore like i try to play everything i try to try everything i try to play as many different genres from across every different platform that i can and it's like when you try to play everything it's impossible for one but also a lot Mm -hmm. of things slip through the cracks and like even at the game awards they were talking about indie games that i've never heard of before and i'm like man how did i not see that but then again i'm also like where's this where's this where's the games that i personally played and appreciated for the year and it makes me personally really happy to see an, a dedicated event that hopefully isn't just like uh, steamrolled by one game. <laughs> like this game just takes everything because that's the game apparently that anyone cares about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's the re- another reason why we had multiple categories just yeah. to make sure that didn't happen. I mean, most awards you'll probably find that one game will take at least a few of the awards just yeah. because it people do really like it. Um, I know I know all the winners already, not that I can say anything, but I already know all the winners. Um, and I can safely say it's quite diverse, at least. So that, there's that, uh, which is which is nice. Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be it's going to be really exciting. I'm, I'm just very I'm very excited. I'm very nervous right now, but I'm very excited <laughs> as well. So, yeah. So, so who won Game of the Year? Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be some of the standouts there. I'm sure there's going to be some of the bigger titles that are a little bit more well known right now, kind yeah. of sweeping things a little bit. Um, but hopefully, yeah. it's uh, not too bad. <laughs> no, lots of other. I mean, in the even in the nominations, you can kind of see how many of like probably lots of titles you'd never heard of before. Um, and hopefully that's even just looking at the nominations for people, hopefully that will just kind of get them to go and kind of be interested in those games. It's exactly what, why we do the magazine. You kind of flick through the magazine and go, oh, I've not heard of this before. And you'll kind of read about it. And we've got QR codes in the magazine as well. So you can scan it and go to the Steam page or the YouTube trailer um, and find out more. Um, so that's, you know, we're, we're trying to bring the ethos of the magazine to the awards pretty much. And yeah. that's why we have like, we've got... Um, uh, 
categories like in case you missed it um which we have in the magazine so it's kind of highlighting games that came prior to 2023 that people maybe think that other people have missed or deserve more praise we've got the free play award so games that are like 100 percent free you don't have to pay to play at all and those don't get highlighted anywhere near as much as they should do you know not the stuff that you have to kind of you know get loot boxes and pay like a subscription or, or buy cosmetics in like games that have been made by people and they're just charging no money for them mm. um and there's a ton of those and they just don't get highlighted anywhere near as much as they should do because somebody still put a ton of time into that but they're just not asking you to pay for it um as you know as most people would so it's nice to highlight those kind of games too also because not everybody has a lot of money these days especially now like cost of living and stuff people kind of it's nice to have free options for people you know something you could play on your desktop on your computer or you know just something that's cool and free and will fill some time for you and maybe you'll discover something that's like really awesome that you've not even thought about trying because it was free because that can be a bit of a um it can be a stigma sometimes right you think of free and you think oh Mm -hmm. Fortnite, they're going to charge me a bunch of money for skins or they're going to like you have to like pay to win kind of thing yeah that's not always the case how long is it free for yeah, yeah exactly or it's the so, stigma too that if it's free it must be bad kind of thing. yeah exactly yeah which is not the case all, all, all of the time I'm not saying it's not always the case because sometimes free games can be bad but um that's the same with paid games there are a lot of paid games that are pretty terrible sometimes oh, yeah. so yeah i mean like that that hits such a a mark where i'm kind of like the only reason why i got into certain games is because they were free you know but yeah it opens your eyes up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And uh, this Unsung Hero Award, what is <laughs> that one? That one kind of caught my eye. <laughs> yeah. So that is um, so basically, people, we ask people to basically send in names of people who they think have done incredible things for the indie community, um, but oh, wow. just don't really get much in the way of praise. So that could be a developer, that could be somebody who helps in like, uh, with PR um, or has helped like indie devs kind of grow their business or even just people who like champion indie games. Um, so we had tons of people like send in and they had to justify why they thought this person should get the award. And we had all these lovely stories from people about how this person had helped them, you know, get funding for a game that, and they, you know, they were being overlooked by all these other people and, you know, this, they really helped them or how this person kind of uh, championed all these indie games. And they just, they love reading their tweets because they find all these new and amazing games all the time. Um, so it's just, uh, you know, loads of different people from all sorts of different backgrounds doing different things, but all in the name of kind of helping the indie games community in some way. So, yeah, we just wanted to we wanted to shine a light on that because we always hear about the people whose praises have been sung are just always around. So we want to, like, shine a light on people who maybe you wouldn't think about and uh, and show that that side of things, really. This is <laughs> the most wholesome, <laughs> the most positive. I mean, I'm like, I'm like, so like can I watch this? Wait, you're not going to just uh, talk to Hideo Kojima for the umpteenth time for an hour instead of talking? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. This sounds so cute. I'm not even going to say the word. This is wholesome AF. All right. I don't want to curse in this anymore. Not going to curse. <laughs> not today. Not effing today. Oh, man. I, I, my heart is full right now. I love this. This is great. <laughs> the second of February, it's, it's right? Kind of what we like, like we want to be, we want to be positive. Like even in the magazine, we're positive. Even in the reviews, if we think a game is that bad that it deserves less than two and a half stars, we just won't run the review, um, or we'll just we'll just kind of highlight it in another section without giving it a score, because we know that people put time, effort, money into the endeavor. So even though even if it isn't the best game. Um, we'd rather we'd rather just not highlight that. So yeah. all the reviews you'll read will be that yeah, there'll be games with issues and stuff, but they'll all be basically recommendations that we think would be great for you to play. All of the stuff that we don't think is very good, we'll still talk about. We just won't go into detail and we won't give it a score um, because those you know because even if we didn't like it, reviews are so subjective. Even if we didn't like it, somebody yeah. else might like it, and to give it a really terrible score and put people off playing it would just be unfair. So. That's yeah. something I was thinking about earlier too, with reviews in general, and like we've—it's been a hot topic here on the show as well as in our internal uh, teams about reviews and their validity. And like, I personally get so frustrated by the rhetoric of just people in the industry and in socials that 
reviews are pointless. And it's like, it's not true. You might think they're pointless because they don't align with your per personal perspectives and points of view. But a review, whether it's a good review, positive, negative, it's information. It helps you make a decision. And I've gone like, I used to work at GameStop ages and ages ago and people would ask me about what I thought of a game and I'd say, oh, well, I didn't like it, but here's why I didn't like it. But that doesn't mean you won't like it if that's something mm -hmm. you like. That's information yeah. that helps someone make a decision to purchase a game or not. Whether yeah. or not they agree with your opinion, it still informs your decision. So that's why a review, whether you're with it or against it, helps you as a consumer. Yeah. And it drives me nuts. Yeah. Yeah. And, and reviews help the devs as well. Like, it's, again, because indie devs don't get as much coverage, they won't always get the reviews that, that kind of are helpful for them to have. Like, yeah, of course, they'll get tons of Steam reviews and stuff, but they don't get like proper critique to reviews from game journalists. You know, you'll get some and some people will cover some, but there's so many indie games that there's just no way that everybody can cover everything. So it's just another outlet. You know, Debug is another outlet for indie games to get those review scores for people to cover those and you know it, it's just helpful again it's, it's just all about visibility um and yeah that even reviews are helpful to to devs so i say they're helpful for the buyers mm -hmm. of games and the, you know even if like say even if you don't agree with the review at least it's kind of giving you information and for devs too it, you know they might not agree with you a review either but at least it's gotten visibility somewhere and you know that's uh, especially with the things like metacritic and open critic now is the kind of thing that they require in order to get seen so yeah if you want to check out the Indie Game Awards, you can go ahead and watch that. Again, if it's the same day as our premiere on YouTube, that should be happening. If not very soon, it might already be going on right now. And you can catch that, you said, on the YouTube channel, Andrew? Yep. Um, I think all of our social stuff like Twitch and YouTube is uh, debug.org. So it should be if you search debug.org, O-R-G, um, on YouTube, you should find us there. And I'll be sure to include a, a link in our show notes as well. So if you can't mm -hmm. find it, it should be right there. You can scroll down and give it a click and go from there. Yeah, yeah. I think in terms of the timing, it should be starting literally right now if <laughs> like you're watching right the live premiere on YouTube. <laughs> so head over there. We'll we'll cool. we'll meet you there. We'll yeah. be there as well. And and uh, before before we go, I just want to say I want to thank everybody for this wonderful opportunity and all of the things. <laughs> oh, uh, I, uh, one, one okay, um, uh, Dan, uh, 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 screen. Okay, 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 fine, fine. <laughs> Sorry, had to do a bit. Had to do a bit. All right, all right. Close out. Had to throw that bit in there. All right. Awesome. Very, great. very cool. Thank you so much uh, for sharing everything with us. Uh, just to close us out with this episode of Screen Smash, just want to throw it out there for our listeners and audience members. We're working on some new ways to help uh, build our show up, engage with our audience and to make it more interesting for all of you. And with some of that, we have ideas for whether you guys can join us for a recording of the show, come hang out with us and join in on the conversations, even uh, give us your ideas for topics for us to discuss on the show or send in our, uh, I'm sorry, send in your gaming memories that you'd like for us to share on the show. Most of which we will do through the Couch Soup Circle Space. So be sure to go over to Couch Soup, sign up for a free membership, join us in the Screen Smash Circle Space and say hi, you know, engage with us and let us know uh, how you feel about some of that stuff. And we'll give you more information as we work out those details. All right. <laughs> so, engagement. Engagement, yes. Engagement. All the engagement because feedback, feedback is good. We all like feedback. We all like to know what works, what doesn't, and how we can do better, just like indie game developers. So with that, thank you, Andrew, so much for joining us. Thank you for telling us all about the Indie Dev Game Awards, Indie Game Awards, Debug Magazine, Debug You. Appreciate you, sir. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, and Thanks thank you, thank you, Nick and Louie. <laughs> uh, that'll do it for us. Thank you for playing. We'll see you all next week here on Screen Smash. Just, yeah. I, I am this guy now. That guy. You are hey. Christopher Judge. <laughs> Buddy Christ. Buddy Christ. Awesome. Wholesome AF. AM. Are you ready to go down the rabbit hole? The All Things Alice podcast will explore the cultural phenomena of Alice in Wonderland 
Frank Bedore, the author of the Looking Glass Wars trilogy, is your host through a wonderverse of interviews from all types of creators as they chronicle the dark yet empowering reality of Lewis Carroll's fantasies and answer the question, what is it about Alice that captivates us still today? The All Things Alice podcast, available wherever you listen to podcasts. You haven't even paid me from last time. I haven't watched Halo either. I'm going to summarize Halo Season 2 based on the Watching Now Halo podcast from Couch Soup. This is going to be fun. So Chief could be crazy. (laughs) Cortana's had a facelift. We're a bit mixed. Quan and Soren's story is really boring. Is is it over yet? Reach is f***ed. Reach for the stars. You all are gonna die. Spartans have a new leader called Ackerson. More like Dickerson. Apparently McKee is alive? She didn't die on screen, so she's probably not dead. Key's definitely not dying. Right, right, right. And the flood is coming. Is the water on this planet? What do I know? You should be listening to the Watching Now Halo podcast everywhere. Podcasts are available. Where's my money, Drew?